You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 277. Folks, Christopher Neeson here, and uh, uh, this is Eleven O'clock Comics. Uh, it's it's another Vinceless episode. It's also a Woodless episode, but that's okay because we have the DAP. That's right, sir. I am here. Yes, yes. I'm David Price. I'm here. Hello, everybody. Uh, I, I love most of you. <laughs> I love at least two or three of you, and yeah. uh, and we are here to uh, uh, hopefully entertain you for the for the next little bit talking about comics and comics culture and all that kind of stuff. But uh, first of all, we want to remind you that uh, that this episode of Eleven O'clock Comics, just like every episode of Eleven O'clock Comics for like six years or however the hell long we've been doing this, is brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. That's right, it is DCBService.com. It is, as you know, the best place place online or maybe just about anywhere to uh to order your comics and uh they offer great discounts anywhere from 50 to 70 or 35 to 75 percent off uh if you are a first time customer uh it's a great way to let them know that you heard about their service from us there is a special code on your first offer that you can uh that you can enter and that code is david that code is EOC8. And that will save you an extra 8%, which may not sound like a whole heck of a lot, but if you think about it, you're already you're already saving 35 50 75% off. Think about saving 58% or you know, 83% on a comic. That, uh, that adds up quick. Um, they offer shipping deals of either weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly, uh, depending on your preference. You can get previews and you order all that stuff up. And, uh, and it's really a great service. So uh, check out Discount Comic Book Service. That's DCBService.com. And we never uh, mention there, or we rarely mention their sister site, InStockTrades.com, which is uh, an equally awesome site and uh, and a great place to get all of your collected editions. So uh, check out the fine folks there. Uh, real quick on the drink roll call, uh, Mr. Price, why don't you uh, lead us off on an abbreviated drink roll call, even uh, though it will have just as much alcohol as every freaking week. <laughs> That is true. I really don't. Although, you know what? I've I've seen pictures of Jason uh, down um, in in uh, in North Carolina, and there have been some adult party time games going on. And I believe there was a beer, beer pong, pong table. table. I saw a beer pong so table. It's nice <laughs> that he can drink socially with his friends. And, yes, and you know he with his real friends. Right. Thank you. Yeah. You know the ones he doesn't talk to every week. But in any case, I am <laughs> drinking tonight. Uh, still sipping on that 1792 Ridgemont Reserve from last week, although this time I have added a little bit of seltzer. Well, there you go. Nice. Um, I'm um, 
because I have uh, host duties, I need to stay um, halfway lucid, so I'm drinking some coffee in one hand mm. and a uh, Bell's Two-Hearted Ale in the other. So I'll be switching off between coffee and beer tonight. Uh, and, yeah, it's the, they're both good. The coffee's good. It's the 8 o'clock bean. Okay. They're Italian roasts. I have the Keurig, you know, so it's all good. And the Two-Hearted I've talked about before. Uh, but, you know what? Okay, so, I, wait, wait, so, so then you... So you grind the eight o'clock and then put it in the little. No, I actually um, see. I should. I shop at the Meyer here, and uh, eight o'clock makes K cups. And they have the K cups, and they had them on sale for five twenty nine for whatever for a twelve pack. I was like, I will get a couple of those. So yeah, and they're uh, they're pretty good. They're I think this is either the French or the Italian roast. They're dark roast. Do you do you have a Keurig? Yes, they are awesome, aren't they? We. We visited the first time we went down to visit Dad. Um, they uh, they had the I guess the mid level model, mm-hmm. and uh, and Renee was pretty impressed. I I missed the whole in the morning. I, I had the nice Capresso with the thermal carafe, and it, it it would grind the beans, put it right into the to to, to the filter, go. and I I loved that thing. But yes, cleaning it and the noise, and it was time consuming. So Renee's like, listen, it'll save counter space. Mm-hmm. We'll probably save money. So yes, we we have the um we have the Kerrigan, and we are members with Green Mountain. So every yeah. six weeks or so, we get another four or five boxes. Delivered. I'm the only one here that drinks coffee. So it was really it was, to, Does she drink tea? Uh, she drinks a crap ton of tea. Okay. So and I I got her the uh, the Breville uh, tea maker last year. That thing is freaking awesome. But <laughs> en- but enough about home appliances. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You know what we haven't talked about that we can talk about this week? What haven't we talked about? There's something that I think we've had in our in your travels uh, several times, and I've been the uh, the person that's been like, oh, okay, well I'll try and try and catch up and everybody <laughs> we've been we've been teasing punk rock jesus for what six weeks now and i i will let you know mm-hmm. that i finished it i read it anticipating you bringing it up the following week so I've, i know i read the first issue and felt no need to rush to read the next five mm. and then once you said all right i'm, I'm reading it i'm gonna read it and i was like all right then i'll just shotgun it and i finished it and I'm like I'm all ramped and ready to go and yeah no I didn't finish it oh I didn't read it didn't, uh, <laughs> for so, like a month I know so, that's terrible yeah, so um so is it, it well hopefully we can freshen things up in, in your in your uh, remembrance of it but first of all did you did you like it because this is this is going to be a polarizing graphic novel for and I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to it as a graphic novel because I read it in trade okay. and it re, and it re, for, for me anyway uh, it read very much like a graphic novel they serialized it but this didn't it didn't have uh, a very big episodic feel to it I mean it's I mean certainly chapters but it felt much more like a graphic novel yeah no it I um I reread the first issue and then read the following five so i i read it all at once i didn't have to wait for uh, for all six issues to come out so yeah i i read it basically the same way you did um i i did like it i i wasn't i wasn't really feeling it early on um and i i, I mentioned this briefly if 
and I, I believe I DM this to Jason as I was reading it, but um, if if this was the first thing or the only thing I had read that Sean Murphy wrote, I probably would not have given him a second chance to read something else that he wrote. If I hadn't wow, read Off-Road first, uh-huh. I wouldn't think that this is a really good storyteller. I wasn't... Punk Rock Jesus had, had moments where we i we never i never really i knew slate was a pain, was a dick i knew that he was just a very um manipulative person who may have the best interest for the ratings or the or or, or the station at heart but he is a miserable and horrible he, human being he's pr- he's he's very very shallow and very yes. very tr- you know exactly what he is and yes you know and I, and I guess you know we should uh, we should um, remind people this was published by vertigo mm-hmm. uh, it is Sean Murphy and he wrote and and drew it it's uh it is black and white which um, we'll talk about that who did the uh, colors Todd Klein the, uh, the letters mean yeah I think yeah, I think Todd yeah it's Todd Klein um, it's a uh, it's uh, 16.99 uh, US on this and, uh, and yes I believe it was Todd Klein who did a great job on the letters um, first how do you like Sean Murphy's work in black and white and it's not the first time that we've seen it because you you already mentioned off-road which yeah. was which was awesome but I think whenever you look at at off-road it's definitely the junior work to this that's kind of the the lock stock and two barrels to uh um, to snatch to snatch you know it, it, this this is definitely i think an artistic move forward for him it is a um and it 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 fit the subject matter it is it's grittier it's scratchier um mm-hmm. it's it's more rendered than than off-road it, off-road is not but off road yeah. is also it's it's in the desert it's airy it's 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 it should have some mm-hmm. it shouldn't be so gritty and and punk rock jesus was and and i i mean i thought all the characters um as much as i guess they could be within those six issues and that was my my problems with murphy's storytelling uh the the art was fantastic and and it i i had looked at it um I was looking at it on the Kindle, and then I was looking at it on the MacBook, and mm-hmm. it definitely it benefited from a larger screen. Sure. Um, sure. Blowing things up on the Kindle, it was it was fine, and I and Renee was looking at it on the Kindle, and and she she liked the art, and um, and you know it's it's interesting that tonight uh, um, the atheist and the agnostic aren't going to be here so the jew and 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 the catholic are going to talk about uh punk rock jesus but the um you know and 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 she's a baptist so i'm not sure i don't i don't see her ever reading this story but i was telling her the gist of it as um on our ways to work here well, it's I, I think i think reading this reading off-road and then reading this gives a very a very interesting you know, insight into into sean murphy and and his you know kind of his evolution as a person you know off-road is a very autobiographical look at you know him and and growing growing up and his two friends and going to art school and then coming back and and how those friendships evolve and it, it's it's a a very you know coming of age story and punk rock jesus once you get into it is and in the back matter kind of talks about it 
this is this is the graphic novel that he wrote and drew to kind of figure out his I don't want to say spirituality, figure out his relationship or understanding of of what his faith is or isn't. And it was him coming to grips with the fact that he's an atheist and and coming out of being a very devout Catholic and it's man you you feel it whenever you move through the story of the the main character chris who is you know we'll we'll get into what he is as he fights and comes to grips with the universe and you know the creator and and, and ultimately decides for himself that 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 there is no god and uh, and and sees the damage that religion does in the world it was it, i mean it's a it's it's pretty heavy stuff yeah no it is it definitely is it's not uh it's not your typical big two mainstream story it's not even your um your it's it's not your saga it's not your east of west it is it's it's personal it is it is heavy. There are times where he he tries to um, base the technology and the science and and the presentation in the real world. It's it's a little in the future, but there are things that you know. It's the very it, near future. Yeah, and it is it's it's a direction we or, or or there are things that we could. These things could well. I mean, with the exception of of the cloning, some of the things in this, in, in this series, you know, I, I could see happening. And well, I mean, uh, they, they talk about the clone. It's the, 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 the general plot of, of this is, is that for a reality TV show, a company has greenlit the, the idea, or actually greenlit the project in international waters to yep. clone Jesus Christ, because they have the shroud of of, of Durin, and supposedly, and they're right. gonna, and they're gonna and they're gonna make a reality TV show about about the the second coming of of Jesus Christ in this kind of you know, bubble of of an island where you know they can raise him in very controlled circumstances, and so you have you have the doctor, you have the scientist, you have the bodyguard, which it's really the bodyguard story. And I, I, um, I do wish that we did. Get, I mean, I. Getting back to Murphy's storytelling, there were times where um, the 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 change in in time was a little um, was not as fluid as I guess what I'm used to. I mean, with with Thomas, yes, it was because you know, obviously, if you have a small child playing with a soccer ball and then you cut to a grown ass man playing bodyguard yes you know that obviously there's a passage in time but it's it's when chris was growing up that um i thought the 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 passage of time was a little wonky it was just it wasn't as clear to me as i would have liked sean murphy is and this is i mean this is good work and i enjoyed it and and i i like the writing in it uh it probably talks to how much i enjoy his art he is a way better artist than he is a writer yes and that's exactly what i told jason yes and that's just there are there are story beats that that get a little a little clunky and a lot of it is whenever he tries to kind of fast forward because this the entire the entire story takes place over the span of what 15 16 years yes and whenever they Whenever he jumps from uh, what 
probably five-year-old Chris to like uh, to, to teenage or, preteen, or, to, or, yeah, to preteen or early teen, probably thirteen-ish or so. That that time jump it, it kind of misses the the mark a little bit, and there there are a couple other you know just just little things where you're like okay that could have that could have transitioned more smoothly, or or he could have gone about this a little a little bit different. There's you know, a couple even a couple little plot things where you're like the the sister Rebecca. Yeah, it's that how that came about, how how Dr. Epstein hid her and, you know, or hid the the supposed pregnancy. Hit her in plain sight. Yeah, but, you know, that was that was a little it's like, OK, we could have gone about that a little bit differently. But, right. you know, that those are those are nits because this is much more of a of a big picture, a larger, larger world look. Right. I mean, it's talking about our infatua- infatuation with reality TV. It it gets into uh, politics, obviously, tons and tons of world uh, religion and how religion is used to to control people and and to, to change the way that people think. It's, it's used in um, very ungodly ways, I guess, is is one of the best ways to put it. You know, I grapple with this all the time that um I have to constantly compartmentalize and separate my spirituality from from my religion because they're two very different things. You know, religion and politics are 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 too closely tied together and and he kind of attacks that head on. You you see that through the through a lot of the zealots and the different uh, factions that that pop up to either try and embrace the uh, the Jesus clone as the second coming, yeah. or to uh, try and stamp him out. I mean, literally as uh, as uh, this you know, blasphemous, horrible thing. So it's a lot. It's a lot of world um, observations going on, and then very very super personal observations and and uh, exploration of what he's going through spiritually. You know, and then you have, and the thing is that the Jesus clone isn't even the protagonist; it's his bodyguard. Yeah, I mean, and that's I I I thought because the series starts off with uh, with young Thomas Mikhail, and and um, I think I mean that's that's a great character, and um, it's it, he's 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 Frank Castle in a way, and and mm-hmm. it's um, yeah, he's just but he's. He's he's serious about his work, and he he um, you know I I really I enjoyed the scenes where that he was in. He he did I I kind of um, I guess in the in the last issue I I didn't I don't want to say I lost respect for him or or I was disappointed. Well, but he, when, had a, he, he had a he had a crisis, you know. Yeah, he had a, to. He, <laughs> he, he uh I mean. This guy Thomas had been in the IRA and yep. had basically done anything for the cause. He was a devout Catholic, so for religion, for religion, he had killed yeah. multiple people. And no children, for, no children. You know, but every time he every time he 
killed someone for the cause, he had a uh, a tattoo of a cross put on his back, and so he was given this nickname, the the cemetery, right? Yeah, yeah. Thomas the cemetery because his back looked like a cemetery because it had so many crosses on it. Well, he uh, inadvertently crosses the line. And that leads to his arrest and finding out some uh, kind of uh, deep, dark things in his past that, that turn him away from the IRA. And, 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 and I will say, I, I mean, you know, I will credit Murphy with this. I did not see. That was great. That was awesome. I it was did, it's like when he, when he confronts that one guy mm-hmm. and, he, and, and, and he details what happened back in that first issue, I was like, well, ain't that some shit? Because that makes – it was right there. Yeah, it was there. It was there the entire time. Yeah, it was very It was very well written, very well conceived. And that was – I think that was one of the more successful things in the yeah. book. And it, and it makes you understand Thomas as a character a lot more and, and, and his – connection with chris and why he needs redemption and he's faced with this this choice later in the book of you know if i kill again i'm risking my eternal soul but but he also gave a promise that he was going to protect chris and so he is put into a situation where he either has to kill and lose his eternal soul or renege on on a promise and let the possible reincarnation of Christ die, yeah. and and he and he makes a choice that that David probably probably is, you know saying well I don't know if I can root for him now, um, but yeah that was that was a heavy that was a heavy yeah. scene yeah it was, um, yeah I know I know the scene that you hated the most yeah and I'm I'm looking at the page right now and it's 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 the uh, it's it's right around the halfway point it's it's really. Issues four, five, and six is where things really start rolling. Oh, because, yeah. Because yeah, that's, when, yeah. that's when, um, you know, Chris hits his, uh, his, his teenage years and, and, uh, and, and that's where the whole punk rock comes into play and, um, and, and Chris's mom and, and things. And, but yeah, when, when, uh, when, when Rebecca and, um, and, and there were, that's where the little things that were uh, that were that amused me about Slate is like mm-hmm. when when he was talking about damn that fat bitch can move and and you know so there were little he's things the, where I was he's like the, the, the network exact yeah yeah Slate Dirt, is yeah, is the one dude, guy you're not yeah. going to root for Dirtbag. Um, but he uh, but everything I, I I I love the expressions that that. Murphy puts on people's faces. Oh, he's, one, uh, he's you, wonderful at it. Wonderful. You can tell when someone is angry, when 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 someone is is just and the the silent scene where 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 Chris is is uh, is face to face with his mother, and 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 in with at the door. That is just. I mean, you you feel that. And, and, and that is, that's a wordless panel. And there, there are, I mean, he is, his, his right. ability to, to mix heavy blacks with, with thick, definitive lines, but then at the same time mix in such delicate ink work yeah. is, especially on the women. His women are, are, are gorgeous. They're, they're fantastic. Yeah. Oh, practically flawless. There is, uh, there's a page where where someone is bleeding out on a floor (laughs) and and slates slate is standing over them and his reflection with his arms crossed with all things it is 
that is that is like a perfect panel. Yeah. It's That's it is such page. And it's as as much as I love that middle panel, I wouldn't be able to own it because that last panel is exactly what Chris is talking about. Yeah, yeah, where there's uh there's a uh uh, an animal cola yep cola oh. the cola the friendly cola po- the polar, polar bear, bear. is a genetically modified polar bear that uh that basically the the was not all of the aggression but it was basically been genetically altered to to be domesticated right and uh, and so you have this this awesome big old roly poly uh, <laughs> polar bear that's basically like a dog yeah. uh is running around and uh, and cola um has uh, a tough turn at uh, at one point, and I was like, "Oh no, David just threw this book down. He may not have read the rest of it." <laughs> oh, but then, but then, you know, a couple of pages later, when uh, when when Chris is is coming to grips with everything that just happened, and and he um he modifies his uh, Chris is very sheltered growing up. He doesn't get to go to school with other children. You, you know, it's um, what was the uh, the the Jim Carrey movie? Uh, the Truman oh, the show. Truman Show. The, yeah. I mean, this is the Truman Show, except yeah, Truman. Really is. Truman is a is a uh, a clone of Christ. I mean, yeah. that's what it. This is the Truman Show. So, I mean, as as unique and and original as you think this may be, I mean, there's we we've seen this before in different in different versions. Yes, uh, but he turns off. Chris has the uh, the lessons turned off with the uh, where they're not so. Um, Leaning towards Filtered. the creationist side of things, yes, and uh, and he and takes so, the tea, he takes the tea party filtering off. Yes, that's it exactly. But when he's he, you see him in the background as as Carl Sagan is talking about you know the, the cosmos, and he goes Sagan is, was awesome, and mm-hmm. and then you get to you know the Ronald Reagan stuff, and and it's just it's like the it, real the real um, Lincoln, and not the uh, yes, and not yeah. the, the 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 pasteurized yeah. version yeah. where you see the homogenized, but. Um, and he uh he's introduced to to punk rock because of uh through Tom, through thomas through, and 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 rebecca right no it's through it's through thomas thomas was uh the the bodyguard uh it was that was his record collection okay see i could have sworn that that maybe rebecca mm-hmm. had some okay but uh so yeah once um and then he uh he basically chris is hosting the grammys one year and and that's where he uh he basically um blows the world's mind yeah he splits the internet in half and it was uh he he, uh he basically i i guess what he would consider his his true form he uh he finally he's lashing out he's rebelling and uh you know you you mentioned rebecca and that was one that is probably one of my criticisms of, of the work is that uh is that rebecca ends up being one of the one of the protagonists of the book I, I didn't really feel like I knew who she was. He didn't really. I, and See, all right, I'm I, sorry. He, I, he, I, he I'm may not have had time. I, I don't feel like I know who that character is. You're right. And 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 when I was saying Rebecca, I I, I met her mother. I met oh I'm yeah, Doctor. But yeah, that. But yeah. I, so, um, and I was, and yeah, and 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 I will, because of the way Murphy had time progress. Um, I, when, when it was revealed, I wasn't really like, oh, you got me. It was just it was like you pointed out where, uh, where Dr. Epstein is talking about, oh no, I'm pregnant and you don't you know the knew father. Exactly. Yeah, the, you knew exactly what was going on. Especially there. There when no... you get to the end of the first issue. Yes. Yeah. 
It's yeah, pretty. I mean, that was that was, was not the, as subtle no. as Thomas's revelation. No, there there was no. Yeah, there was no big surprise there when that was revealed. It's like, well, yeah, of course. I've been you know, waiting for fourteen years for you to <laughs> cough this one up. Um, it's yeah. So that was that was that was a little odd. So yeah, I mean, it's not it's not perfectly written, and that's it's one of the things. Okay, so this is this is one of my, and I'm I'm guilty of this. All right, so I used to I used to write for um, a couple different websites, and there's this this thing whenever you're writing a review of of a comic that you you at, at least in two parts, if it's a favorable review, there's at least two parts in your review where you try and insert a good pull quote. Right. Okay. So you you want to make sure to put a good a good bite sized quote that that a publisher or a creator can pull out and and slap on a website or the book or whatnot. Because getting pull quotes is actually good it's good pub for you. It's good, you know, return sure. return advertising on whatever site you're writing for, blah blah blah. So on the back of this um from Crave Online belongs in the same league as Watchmen. It's a complete game changer. Okay, that is that is an intentionally inserted poll quote into a review because this is not Watchmen. It is no. really it is really good. Yeah. And I will actually go back and read it again because I think that there's a lot of stuff that will reveal itself on a second on a second reading. This is not Watchmen. Um, no, it's uh, in, in more could it, ways could it be than one. Watchmen? In more ways than one, this is a legend in the making. Definitive, uh, definitely give it a shot, if only so you can say you were there when it happened. <laughs> That's from fucking comic book resources. Is that where that? Gents, calm down. This is really good, but I, people aren't. It's not going to be like you know Kennedy assassination, Challenger explosion, and punk rock Jesus. Where were you when this happened? So that that that's calm down, people. Act like you've been there. <laughs> um, and is, I and I love Murphy's work. So. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's it's. I mean, and and that's and I and. I thought it was pretty neat that shortly after I read Punk Rock Jesus that I, I, I read the first two issues of The Wake, and there she is wearing her flak jacket's cap. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, that's, that's I, funny. I, that's I appreciate funny. that. I mm-hmm. like those little, if you want to call them Easter eggs, or little nods, but I, I think that's neat. And the, the flak uh, jackets were that was Chris's punk rock that, band. Yeah, right? that was the part, yeah. yeah that he became yeah. the lead singer for. And that was the other thing is that I, I, I um. You know, at times where I mean, I would have, I would have liked to have seen more from from Tim, from from the IT guy, from the black IT guy, and and uh, and and they were just. Did you know, he and, feel a little bit like a token for you? It, you know, it's it it was because he didn't do a whole lot. He didn't do a whole lot, but it was it was one of those because the art was black and white. Mm-hmm. The first time we meet Tim. Slate basically lets us know that this guy is black, and it's like, well, if if the art wasn't th- that's when I asked Jason if this was supposed to be in color, he was he he was trying to remember if it was mentioned that it was supposed to be in color, but when that wasn't happening, that it, for whatever I don't know if it was supposed to be in color or if it was always supposed to be in black and white, but there are things like if you read old showcase with um. 
to showcase black and white books and, and mm-hmm. it's Green Lantern volume and, and they talk about, you know, he gets taken out by a yellow lamp and they have to mention that it's yellow. Well, you're reading a black and white book, so it's nice to know it's in yellow. But if you're reading the actual color comic, you don't they don't need to say, I'm gonna hit you with this yellow lamp because you can see that it's yellow. Because this is black and white and because basically every male character that's that's over the age of twenty in this book has war paint like yes. effects on their face it was very hard for me to see initially on the kindle screen that i that tim was supposed to be black thankfully slate said it practically in his first sentence and and as but then but then in a few issues later when chris is running away tim's like yeah let the skinny black guy go through the vent to try to catch him. So, I mean, you know, he, he mentioned this. So it's not like, yeah. you know, it was that whole self-deprecating. And, and yeah. but it was, um, but yeah, he was, you know, it's it, it's like friends. It's like, where the black people on the show? It's in New well, York City. But it, it's, well, that, you know, and that and that's the thing, is that I think that this could have used some more fleshing out. Yeah, I don't know may, if six issues wasn't. I'm thinking like, may, like a 10 issue miniseries that at least eight ten we i i I wanted to know a little bit more about rebecca we could have used more tim could have black jackets i I thought the band was neat i I would have liked to see more for more than 20 pages oh yeah yeah exactly exactly so um so that would have that would have worked more for me i think this as as much as i liked it i think it was just a tad bit abbreviated but I don't know if um, I don't know if this was completely unfiltered. Sean Murphy, if mm-hmm. if Karen Berger had any any uh, editorial sway um, over it, I don't know if anything was reined in. No, or, this this feels very very Sean Murphy. No, it does. That's and and so maybe maybe a um, a helping hand would have um, just yes rounded yes. it better. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, I think I think just a just a, a a touch of you know work this out a little bit more. So it sounds like we're being you know really critical about it, and we are critiquing. Um, but this is one of my favorite things I've read this year, because it really it really is a book that that makes you think, if not about your own spirituality and and other, looking other at people's. and looking at world. It certainly makes you think about other people's views on religion and yeah. and what it makes them do and and like i said it, it gets into reality tv and our obsession with that it's it's and, it's and, a really it's a really characters that are work. very similar to the uh to, to the westboro baptist or i mean any sort mm-hmm. of of heavily religious um you know and and and, and where faith can lead you and 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 how it basically forms your 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 day-to-day life and you know it, it really is and what's neat you get to see them change over the course of about 15 years too yes yeah i mean it, there are um yeah it's it basically is one of those things where if um you know i mean murphy is isn't he, he's no claremont he's no he's no more he's no it, you know, pick your favorite writer he is a fucking amazing cartoonist i, oh, I yeah, love yeah. his art and yeah. and the fact that 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 this some bitch can can get a grand for commission with one character and 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 <laughs> i mean not to say that he, he's not phoning it in i mean those commissions are 
gorgeous. He is like, he is one of the best. It, well, he is absolutely one of the best in the biz right now. And his his he just on his art alone, you should get this and just pour over the pages. They're yeah, that good. It is. It's it's a beautiful looking book. I mean, and it's not. It's oh, I'm not an atheist, or oh, I'm not a Catholic. So what would I get out of it? It's it it that doesn't. I would say that that religion. I'm, I'm almost tempted to say religion doesn't even. It, it shouldn't matter where your faith is or isn't. I would just at least at least read it so that you know you can. It it's it's one of the books where there are plenty of books where I could be ignorant about and say, well, I'm not going to read it because. And then still talk shit about it. But this is one of those books where, you know, unless you read it, then, then you – I don't know if you can contribute to the conversation. Yep. I agree. I agree. Well, um, do we have anything uh, left that we want to say about uh, Punk Rock? Jesus. About, no. I Well, t- tell me what the uh, tell me what the trade has because since I read the issues, I oh, don't know as far uh, as back matter. But there's, um, there's a nice uh, cover gallery, a couple unused pages. Um, some uh, some uh, initial uh, way out, some really nice an unused page that has ink wash uh, instead of his just uh, just inked versions, which are, are kind of nice. And uh, and then there's uh, just a little afterward that is uh, kind of about about him grappling with his spirituality and kind of starting in like 2003. And uh, and then moving forward, and how how did, he was did, how he wasn't able to switch? write this. Hmm? Do did it? something switch for him? I mean, did he? What what was the the, the, the yeah? He, he started right. He started writing this whenever he was a whenever he was kind of a devout Catholic, and and then he kind of lost his religion and went back and changed the the character of Christ from being um, of of faithful you know christian to being an atheist and that's when the story came together wow so, okay yeah i mean so this is this is really kind of you know hand in hand with his you know with his walk through uh you know through through his you know kind of coming to you know to grips with his spirituality so so that's kind of you know it's just a little one page thing but it kind of gives you a little bit deeper meaning and that's why i want to go back and read it again kind of through that through that prism so uh, you want to take a, an EOC uh, live tweet? Show. Let's see what uh, we got. I saw a kind of funny one. Um, oh, uh, Flipadipa says that he expects who talk tonight. So while well, I'm finding another one, what's your uh, what's your initial reaction on Mr. Capaldi as the twelfth Doctor? I mean, I because I need to go back and watch. Doctors one through seven, and then the movie. Because I, I came on with Eccleston, mm-hmm. and and ten is when someone asks who's your doctor, I would have to say Tennant. Okay. Uh, so ten is my favorite. <laughs> um, Matt Smith has grown on me, especially more so with Clara. But the fact that now we have uh, someone who looks older. Uh, I mean, physically in real yeah. life, he's older. But I mean, the fact that he—you're he, going from Matt Smith to someone who appears to be in his fifties. Um, I, I'm liking it. I, I really, you know, I didn't, I, I haven't seen any episodes with with Trouton or with well, well, I would even with 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 Pertree. But you know, I mean, I've, I've 
seen I saw the episode with Davison where um that because BBC was doing a a spotlight on on his doctor and the knee. Yeah. So um you know, but I haven't really seen anything regarding Sylvester McCoy or Colin Baker. So I, I, I am looking forward to seeing an older doctor, I think. And um I'm not I'm not I'm not saying, oh, they should have picked this guy. It's you know, I Number one, I, I trust Moffat, and and number two, it, it's you know this is a, this is a character, this is a franchise that has been around for fifty years. So obviously, I think the people involved kind of know what they're doing. So I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, but no, I I am I'm really looking forward to it. I'm I'm interested to see where where it goes with him. It's uh, it's funny to me because you know I I grew up on on the seventies. You know, 60s, 70s, 80s, Doctor Who. So, you know, I, you know, my first introduction was Tom Baker, and then went back and saw, you know, the Troughton and the Pertwee, and then watched Tom Baker again, and then Peter Davidson, and you know, then went through you know, Colin Baker, and um, um, oh gosh, uh, now I'm drawing a complete blank. Um, Sylvester McCoy. Sylvester. McCoy. And and so, you know, Peter Davidson was an anomaly because he was the young white guy. He was a young dashing guy. Yeah, he was a young dashing. That was that. The doctor is never a young dashing man. <laughs> it's all of these older, distinguished men that are kind of kooky. They were all the. They were all nutty professor guys. They were all. They were all your weird uncle, and so you know BBC kind of changed course with the reinvention of the of the series and I've gone with these you know kind of young you know odd but charismatic guys and and I saw I saw a YouTube clip of of some some young gal in the Capaldi unveiling that absolutely freaks the fuck out because he's old and she can't understand why is he old and I'm just like I'm just like William Hartnell is laughing at you from heaven right now the first the first doctor was like was like what in his 70s I pretty much at least 55 yeah it's so uh so I thought that was uh, I thought that was very interesting because the the doctor has a long history of being a um uh, an an older gentleman, shall I say? Um, it's it's interesting. The, the things I see on Facebook are the are, are the long time um, Who fans, and and when mm-hmm. when people are when I see that, basically they're responding to mostly young women, but but they're responding to younger fans who, I guess, like the um, the the, uh, the the hint. That a romance can happen between the doctor and his companions, mm-hmm. and and that the outrage is because that would be kind of pervy or won't exist now. <laughs> and and I never, I, I I know the way, you know, based on the seasons I've seen, I know the way the doctor thinks, and he would never, as much as Rose or Martha yeah. or everybody but Donna threw themselves at the guy. I knew that that was never going to be something. They weren't going to moonlight it. It wasn't going to be a David and Maddie thing. So I knew that. that and that Ro- was- Rose is as close as they have ever, ever gotten with it. And that was, it's never going to happen. And that was thanks to Clone because, you know, he was able to stay in her world. But mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, I. It's, not, it's, it's, it's why Batman, you know, doesn't have a 
girlfriend. You know, it's just it, the doc. And that's the thing. The doctor is the doctor is alone, going he's through alone. space. He's and not human. He's old. Yeah, he's and he's never going to have that. He's never going to have that relationship. And Neil Gaiman, right. bless his heart, Neil Gaiman wrote probably the best the best episode at, that I've seen out of all of the new Doctor Who's and that's the 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 doctor's wife that's, the doctor that does was, the doc, that was a fun episode the doctor does have a wife yes it's the TARDIS it's that the TARDIS is, yes that, she, she tells him where to go yep but uh, you know that that was a really that, that was a good episode um, yep. I don't know if it was my favorite regarding the new episodes but it was uh, it it's no it, it really you know if if this is what if this is what it takes to, to, to maybe let people make them aware that the doctor's never going to bone a companion, it then great. <laughs> but if if it's you know it if it it's if it hammers that point home but it but but Moffat even said yeah. that, that that Capaldi was he was considered. He was I don't know how far in the running he was, but he was considered. For yeah. number eleven, and, well, you and, know, and, uh, and that's the thing. It's like there is. I saw, I saw a, a meme or a meme. Is that what Vince calls them? You know, on <laughs> on online, on, on, it was it was talking about the um, um, kind of the 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 lifespan of a of a of a doctor and the relationship that that fans had. That as soon as the the doctor, the new doctor is introduced, that people you know, automatically hate them. You know, Matt Smith yep. was hated. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Matt Smith no, was yeah. hated. You know, they they hate the doctor. Then they they get to kind of to- tolerate them. Then yeah. they fall in love with them, and then they're incredibly upset that they're leaving. And then they hate the next one. You know, yep. and this happens. It it was it was Eccleston. It was Tennant. It was Matt yep. Smith. It's it's all of them. So um, that was well, that was definitely me with Smith. It, yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't. I didn't want to see Tennant leave, and I, I thought Eccleston was fantastic, but he was only there for a season. So I'm just, I'm more familiar. I'm more used to. I've seen more episodes with Tennant than I have with any other doctor. So that. Jason, but uh, um, I figured that we would go out and, and pick up a special guest that is uh, um, certainly a, a, a large enough personality to make up for both of them easily. Ouch. Wouldn't you say? I have body issues, Neesman. That's not nice. I wasn't going to say that he, hate, that he had an ass big enough to, uh, to, to, <laughs> to, to, to fit in both of their chairs, but... You know, maybe a hat big enough. How about that? Yes, I like yes. the hat. There we go. Uh, we're we're joined now by a, a longtime friend of the show and just awesome guy in general, wearer of hats, international man of mystery, um, writer of Rangers, Mr. Andy a- Andy Andy Parks. How you doing, buddy? What is up, guys? Good to be with you. Where, nice, you're in a bar, aren't you? I am at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That is absolutely perfect. See, you you introduce him as, as sitting, a writer. Sitting out on the patio. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm actually, I've never been where we just found it tonight. It's called Bo. Wait, wait, where where uh, are you? Where are you? I'm I'm in you know suburbs of Kansas City at a place called Bogies. It's in Bogart, but you know. Oh, okay. Bogies. Well, nice. I didn't see a lot of Bogey references. There is one poster of Bogey in the place. That's what, that's about all. Just the poster of him or of one of his movies? Yeah, just him. Stan, I think Casablanca era. Sure. Bogey, trench coat, fedora, the whole bit. Uh, before before we get into uh, um, general foolishness here, and before I forget, um, congratulations on a really nice hardcover reissue of Capote in Kansas. Didn't they do a good job? He did a. I've got a, a horrible story. So, I, I've got this. I've bought. I've bought this book like like five times. I I will <laughs> give it out to people. You know, it's like here. You know, this I don't is want to ever get mine. Yeah, it, it 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 is the it is the um oh you know it it's that and um um the king which which I love are my two books that I give to people that think that comic books are all capes and cows and I'm like no they're not they they can do some other you know other types of comics so I'll, you know I'll give out you know people to the king, the king if if you know I think that they'd like a good humor book and then Capote in Kansas if they're you know more of the the literary mind and so I've I've bought it like several times the the Excellent. softback and I, I know you owe me a drink and so <laughs> I I I see you tweet about the new hardcover, and so I, I'm like, okay, you know what? This will be the one. I'll have I'll have Andy sign this one. I'll have Chris sign this, and maybe do right. a little doodle for me. And this will be the one that I keep on my shelf, and I don't give away to people. So right. it, it, I get it in the mail. I, you know, coming out of the car, I've got the the you know two of the dogs and and some groceries, <laughs> and drop the fucking thing and just mash the corner up all the shit oh so now i'm gonna you can't live with that can you oh no no this is gonna be my autograph one so i gotta give the son of a bitch away and order another one so you're gonna get Uh, me again that's a shame yeah i know (laughs) andy's not so broken up over that Mm -hmm. yeah i'm sure he is i think i i paid for like an extension to his deck or something with all of these books i'm I'm gonna receive literally quarters in royalties <laughs> I've I've paid for at least one covering of, of grass seed for your yeah. for your lawn at some point. So, uh, how you doing, man? Long long time no talk. I know it has been a while. I'm kind of blue this weekend because Wizard Chicago, as crappy and slummy as it is, is special to me, and I'm kind of bummed out I can't be there. You know, it's um, it's kind of it's kind of like your favorite uncle that died like five years ago and people just get together every year for like a brief seance (laughs) because that that show is that show is dead over to used to be knuckles oh i miss knuckles i miss knuckles (laughs) that show is so awesome i'm dude i'm not even going this year all right now now, so 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 this this is pretty timely for for an eoc live feed tom kelly says wizard world is going on in chicago this week what are your thoughts about the wizard shows so what are yeah. your favorite wizard moments? Oh gosh. Um Me I mean, personally? Mine, well, yes, yeah. you personally. Go ahead. Yeah, they're all stupid lobby of the Hyatt. Well, that's mm-hmm. not true. Maria's there's three. Maria's, Morton's, and the Hyatt, which are all within what? A, a square half mile, maybe? Yeah, yeah, they're all right there. Um, and that's why that show's so awesome, because everybody's trapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it'd be cool to be downtown Chicago, but then everybody would spread out. And you, I mean, C2E2, how many of the same people do you see every night? Oh, you try New, to go to the same yeah, bar York, at night. New York Comic Con. 
Right. Yeah. But at, at with Chicago, you're all trapped. There's only five places to go, and you see everybody. It's like it's like going to a, a comic book convention on a cruise ship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's not even the convention. It's not the con floor. It's not the sales. It's not the right. deals. It's not. It's it's what's going on after five o'clock in the evening, and and Absolutely. that's uh, yeah, because that's where I mean, that's my as as much as I I bitch about Wizard, I I have to give them credit because. Wizard World Chicago 2006. Chris and Sal invited me out, and and that's where that's the first time I met these fools face to face. I only knew them on the internet, so God knows they could have cut up my body and put me somewhere. But they, <laughs> now, was that our golf date, or was that another year? That was that, the golf date. Wasn't that it? was nice. That, no, no, no. That was the following year. Was the golf date? Oh, okay. Um, that's right. Okay. But the, but but that year was the year that uh, that 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 Andy uh, signed my. Capodian, Kansas, and Chris uh, sketched in it in the in the um, in the area near the elevators because it was it was Chris, it was Cullen Bunn, it was Mike Oliveri, it was Vince, and that was that was actually where Chris gave us the idea to do bullpen bulletins, which eventually became really the show. eleven o'clock comics. But yeah, but it was I mean so so two thousand six Wizard World that is that's that's probably top five for me just because of what happened because of the show, not the show itself. Right. Right, I met I met you there. I met uh, I met Phil there. It's the first time I ever saw David. Impre- uh, for, first yep. time I ever. I mean, it's really the first time I met you. Know, any of you jokers face to face. Remember, right. it's the first time I met Pat Wojka face to face. Oh yeah, wow. I mean, it, that was that show. And you know, for me, we had just started doing around comics in two thousand two thousand. What was it? It was six? late 05. And late was, 05? Because, because 06 is when you invited me out there. Okay, so it would have so. been 05. God, way back in 2005. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I feel so old. Um, yeah, so we had we had really kind of thrown ourselves into doing doing AC. And uh, and Andy was the first creator that had ever left a, um, uh, a an iTunes review for us, right. which kind of freaked us out. It's like, oh, my God, Andy Parks. He left us an iTunes review. We've well, made we've made the big time. <laughs> That's pathetic. <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, so Wizard World was, you know, for me that was my first chance of of ever really kind of getting that any sort of that weird behind the scenes look in, into right. you know into comics. And I remember, you know, I, I met these two weirdos in a in a bathroom, and they're talking about comics, and I was like. You, what do you guys do? And I was, you know, at that point, I was looking for any sort of of interview. You know, I have my little handy recorder. You were looking for action in the bathroom. I was looking for action in the bathroom. Was, yeah. And I've told this story a million times, but it was uh, it was Ivan Brandon and, and Remender, and they were talking. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they're just Ooh. they they had pulled they had actually pulled a couple chairs and a table into the fucking bathroom, yeah. and we're just sitting there hanging out because the lobby. But strangely, was, Rick was still sitting there with his balls hanging out. Probably yes, probably. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's the first time I ever heard about Fear Agent because Rick told me about this comic that he was working on with with uh, this Tony Moore guy. And then Phil comes in, and Sal wants a sketch, and Phil's like, "Give me your sketchbook," and he takes it and goes over to the urinal. And Is that while where he, the and urinal while, sketch? That's oh, the what? urinal sketch. That was no. that that year at Wizard World. I got some great memories from that show, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it um, around that year. It might have been a year. Earlier, when Brian Hurt got so wasted that he fell asleep in the stall at that bathroom. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, that poor bastard. And yeah. he was at the show the next day. God bless him. 
there was because the hotel is right there connected to the show. So where else are you going to go? Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got. You know what? People bash Wizard and bash their shows. I should say, in all honesty, I mean, they haven't always comped my table, but they, my, they never screwed me on a table. Sometimes they do comp me. Sometimes they don't. But it's always been there. Last year, they kind of dicked me over by canceling that. L.A. show. Do you remember when that happened? Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I had already, you know, I spent money already making plans, and I said, guys, you kind of screwed me. And they, to their credit, they said, what show do you want to go to? We'll take care of you all the way. And that was Chicago last year. Oh, that's They nice. flew me. They were like, they got me a room. There were beers waiting in my room for me. I mean, they... Wow. They, I can't complain about the way they treated me. They've been okay. All right. Well, that's that's cool. That's good to know. And, you know, and I don't fault them for what that show has turned into. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's more, you know, uh, Marta was asked, my wife Marta was like, Wizard World's this weekend. Are, are you going? Cause we were talking about our weekend plan. She's like, uh, honey, Wizard World. It's, are you going? I was like, uh, no. She's like, really? I was like, <laughs> honey, it's, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a B, C and D list celebrity yeah. auction yeah. or autograph. It's the other now. guys who've been on the next generation and, and yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. which is, you know, Pat, Patrick Stewart's son. Some, yeah. You know, and, and, and I guess Murdoch from the A team, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know if, which is fine. You know, they, they, they do have, they always throw in one freaking creator that I've never met that I would love yeah. to go and see and get a sketch from. And they did it this year. And, and Wood would kill me for, for not going out there. Um, Alan Davis is going to be at this year's show. Stop playing. Get yeah. out. I didn't know that. Yeah. Serious? And I'm wow. just like, oh. But will he even sketch? He may just show up at the autograph area for two hours or something. No, no. They don't have in. The only, the only comic uh, person that will be in, in an autograph area will be stan stan will be out there so and i'm sure collecting his his healthy bounty for uh for coming out yeah i mean there's there's a few decent comic book creators uh yeah tom tom win um got in touch with me on facebook to to see if i was going to be out there so i'm sure some of the you know the green lantern guys are going to be out there but you know for tom that's just you know a trip down from what minneapolis for him but um yeah yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's kind of the local guys, Burnham will be out there. Yeah. But for what they charge for that show anymore. Yeah, was it like 60 bucks for the weekend or no. a day or I 75? Like 70 bucks a day or something. It's uh, crazy. No, come on. It's like, no, it it's is pricey now. It's really expensive. Wow. It's really expensive. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, what are you going to do? You know, do? that's another cool, another cool thing about how everybody's trapped. I've met pretty amazing people at the bar. What was that two, three years ago, Chris? That we hung out with Michael Rucker a little bit in the bar. Yes, that was really super nice guy. Yeah, very That's cool. And awesome. then, uh, and then I left, and and Sal, the son of a bitch, ended up um, ha- uh, having drinks with uh, with uh, Edward James Almos and uh, and the guy who played uh, Colonel Ty. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It, it, we've met some. We've met. <laughs> the funniest thing about that bar is and what we saw it was when I remember the the geek switch being flipped of 
okay, the whole geek culture is is on its ear now, is when the high-class call girls started showing up to the bars. <laughs> yes. And you, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, okay, geek culture is really turning around here. And so, yeah, you know, right. Well, you know, they figured out, it's like, hey, there's a bunch of 40-something guys with a disposable income and terrible, you know, personal skills it's it is literally like shooting fish in a barrel right right, right. so neither of you guys is going to attend the show no well david's at david's no. out in new york yeah oh i thought david had traveled in i thought he was with you in person no no oh okay, okay. no see we do this show every week it's um vince is in scranton jason. scranton yeah. Jason, right. J- yeah, Jason's in New Jersey, and you're in uh, uh, New no, York. No, I, I just thought that based on a tweet of David. I just misread a tweet or something. Nope, I'm the only one, and I'm I'm not even my lazy ass isn't even going to get on the uh, the blue line to to ride out there for two or three hours. So not even nighttime stuff. <sighs> um, I, I sent out a couple, you know, PMs to some people that yeah. might be coming into the city. Um, you know, it's like, yeah, not even the stuff out there at the, at the bars is, is really that, uh, that appealing right. anymore. So there's, I mean, there's not doing anything special. No, nah, there's, you know, it's, I don't even know. They kind of ignore that. I mean, C, C2E2 has firmly, um, set itself up as, as Chicago's real comic book convention. So now if they could ever secure the name Comic-Con from, from Wizard, because Wizard yeah. still calls this Chicago Comic Con, but uh, yeah, it's it's weird. It's a weird show, man. But um, yeah, yeah, what are you going to do? So um, how's the uh, how's the Lone Ranger stuff going? Good. Science. I, I had a chill day today. I kind of enjoyed myself. Well, I saw I saw that you were having some celebratory rum yesterday after turning in yeah, the script. Yeah, three thirty left. You know, you finish the script, and I've I've learned even I cannot produce good work with a few drinks in there. I have to just be... I can't drink until the script is done, but when the script is done, I'm wired, and it's 3.30 in the morning, so I need to unwind with a drink. <laughs> you know what the sound... You know, when Andy says, you know, I have to I have to drink to sleep, you know? <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not a good sign, Andy. And believe me, I know. You shut up. I don't need your judgment. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't sleep until I have a couple shots, and you know, it's, you know maybe a toke of this. You know, then, but not much. If too many, then you wake up with the sweats. It's very, it's a fine line. It's it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of chemistry. <laughs> yeah, today, Chris, when you were here, I didn't take you to the Savoy Grill, did I? Uh, yeah, you took me to a great barbecue joint. Uh, gave me yeah. a, a nice a nice tour of downtown Kansas City. Uh, so this place, it's the oldest continuously operating hotel with some Mississippi. It's very yes, yes, you did, yes, you did. Yeah, yeah, wonderful I lobby. There. I went there and had an old fashioned today, and the brand. So I did a lot of my favorite stuff. Awesome. You know it, that that is one of the things that I always feel in in your in your work is that you research history so much and that it, and it's, it's, it's one of those things that I don't know how much of it is work for you. I mean, there's, there's work put into it and there's time involved in it, but there's also, you can tell that, that you just have fun doing the research and you love, you love Kansas city 
like I love Chicago. And <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, but yeah, I do. I do like it. No, it's, you. Yeah. No, you do. I've been, I've been in you, Kansas you City. With hear you. me get drunk. When I get a few drinks with me, I don't declare that Kansas City is the only city on the west of the Mississippi. Or... <laughs> I did not say. I said that Chicago <laughs> is one of two cities <laughs> in the country. And my pair, I think when people say, "Well, what about this?" you go, "Ah, sprawl, <laughs> urban sprawl." <laughs> it's a big town. Yeah. It's funny. I'm writing a novel now. I'm trying my first prose novel, and okay. who knows? You know, it's not sold or anything. I'm just writing on spec because I want to try to get an agent. And I had to decide where to set it, and I was kind of hesitant to set it in Kansas City because that's what people expect of me. But I ended up doing it just because it's. I know it so well, and I can lay my hands on things, and I really enjoy that aspect of it. It's like Rucka, it. Rucka's going to write about women, and, and Andy Parks is going to set something in Kansas City. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's going to be in Kansas City. Yeah. And it, I, I mean, I don't want to talk a lot about it because it's a long ways off. Who knows if it will even get published? Hopefully, it'll give me an agent. That's the most I can hope for. Is it gonna but be it's kind of half crime, half romance okay. set in the 40s in Kansas City. Okay, I was going to ask if it was if it was gangster related because that's kind of you know, not well, that, really. That's, but you know, there's history. little. It does have one little tie into the Union Station massacre, which is earlier. So mm-hmm. there's a little nod to that stuff in there. Which um, you know, speaking of that, if you haven't read Andy's uh, fantastic graphic novel Union Station, go grab it if you can. Is it still? Is it in print? I know they had done yeah, that one's in print. Now they're both in print at okay. least for the time being. Yeah, yeah, because I know that they had uh, they uh, gotten that back back in print um so and it's it's really good that's some of my my favorite thank work you of yours. thank you very much um you know it, K- casey is interesting in that way that it really does have um it sounds it sounds weird to say this as a compliment it really does have uh an interesting crime history um not quite on par with with chicago's but it's, yeah yeah it, it's well, certain, it's an interesting town because like yeah. this what yeah I mean, they called it the Paris of the Plains for a while because it was such a den of sin at a certain time. And it, it was a weird town because it was run by Boss Tom Pendergast in a way. So it, it's got a very interesting history full of a lot of dark stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh ties real closely into Las Vegas. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of the a lot of the uh, a lot of the mob bosses that were running Vegas were in Kansas City, right? right. Yeah, when I was a kid, there was this district called the River Key, which is now just the River Market. When I was a kid, somebody would get blown up down there every now and then. It's just, yeah, all that shit going on, power struggles and so on. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, David, I, I, I got a, a, an interesting look at how I am with other people when I was riding around Kansas City with Andy. Because he's like, you know, and this happened here, and no, oh, this is where you have to go for a burger, and, you know, this guy died there, and you have to do this, and no, oh, it's, you know, and so I'm like, okay, wow, this is what I'm like. Um, so it's, it's, the, it was, it was really, it was really cool. And that's why, you know, I, I say that, you know, Andy, Andy is, is like with Kansas City how I am with Chicago. So, mm-hmm. so it's very cool. But, uh, um, and I know that that David, being a huge Inker fan, um, wants to wants to ask you about that kind of that kind of stuff. But he uh, doesn't do that stuff. Anymore. I know. I, know. I mean, it's, it's talk to the ex Inker. Yeah, I know. Yeah, ex Inker. Yeah, see, that's he introduces you as the writer, and I I don't cringe, but I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I have to really kind of kind of I have to let go of the past, and it's I I you know one of my 
I, I love the, the Green Arrow page I have from you and Phil. And, and it, it really, I mean, I, I do, I still, it'll be a long time, I think, no matter how much you write, that, that, that I'll have to say, you know, you're writer first. And, and it, it's, right. and I, I know, I mean, and it's, you've heard me ramble on about this in the past. It's just, I, I know that it's, it's pretty much a, to have a separate anchor is, is pretty much a lost art form. And, and, and I do, I, I, I think it's, I, I do applaud you for, for, I mean, you're a fantastic writer anyway. And, and, and the fact that you're able to, um, I guess have a second career as a writer and leaving the inking behind. I mean, that's, that, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm happy for you. I just, it, it hurts me a little inside <laughs> knowing that, David's you know, getting for clump. I, I am. Yeah. Knowing that, you know, the inkers are, are a dying breed and are, are fading and, and, uh, you know, the pencilers are either doing it themselves or they're just, but yeah, no, it, it, it's, um, right. It, uh, you ever yeah. going to ink again? Um, I don't know. Maybe a little here. It's hard for me to imagine like doing a monthly book or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, um, you do, you, you will like, cause you and Phil tend to have the tables next to each other or share a table. Yeah, right, so I know that if, right. if Phil pencil sketches something that you, you tend to finish it for someone at a convention, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Like we usually sit next to each other and it's nice to make a few hundred bucks at the show and it's nice to ink Phil like the old days. So yeah, we usually do that kind of stuff. But I quit inking the green hornet. I was doing the green hornet covers, and I quit that about a year ago because it would always show up at a bad time, and I'd get mad about it. You know, I, I like I have a writing deadline. I can't take a day to ink a cover. But that, all that was very kind, David. I really appreciate it. But to be honest, I think I was a pretty good inker. At least by the time I was done with it, I was pretty good. But I always felt like a faker because I didn't draw as well as the, the guys who are great. And while I'm not a great writer either, I feel like that's really where my talents lie. Like I have more potential there. Yeah, I understand that. Um, and plus, you know, as you get older, like I am, you want to own the stuff you work on and then you can't, you don't own anything as an anchor. It's not a right. good investment in your future. So that was a lot of the decision. Too. I, I, I think at a certain we're tired of bending over that damn table and squinting <laughs> in the page. It's enough. already. Well, I, I think we're, I think, we're, we're kind of David and my my angst over it is that it's not just the dying breed of inkers, but it is the it is the almost I mean like nearly extinct. We're talking like you know like some weird bird in a zoo that there's like three of them left of the penciler inker teams. The yeah. you know the the Burn Austin the yeah. you know the, the Burn Castle yeah. the Hester Parks the 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 who's, uh, who's Jim Lee's guy um, uh, Williams Scott Williams, Williams. Yeah, yeah it's it's you know those those guys that it's like Joe Rubenstein it, over anybody it, it, <laughs> but but those those teams you know the the penciler right. inker team that that's that's even more uh, on the verge of extinction um, from inkers and you and Phil I mean it was it was it was Hester Parks for I mean that was you know forever and so it's uh it's neat that that both of you guys have have reinvented yourselves and 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 have stayed in the industry which is which is neat but you know we were just talking um uh before you came on we were talking about sean murphy and we we had read punk rock jesus and that's Mm -hmm. you know i I think he's one of those guys it's like yeah i mean he's he's doing it all he's he's writing he's drawing he's inking what do you think about that evolution uh, from you know the the creators that were so compartmentalized to now that that kind of you know have to do it all? 
I have mixed feelings about it because in the, I mean, I admit that Anchor was kind of a dumb function of the way our industry developed. There's no real reason to divide that labor up except that they started making comics every month in a certain format and it was impossible for one guy to do all that work. That said, after a period of time, there were guys who got so good at it that I missed that talent. You know, like I used to really look forward to certain books every month because I wanted to see what Klaus Jansen was up to. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see what Terry Austin was inking in his heyday. I want. I look forward to seeing that the what the finish that those guys brought to the party. So I do kind of miss that. And there there are people like my friend Andy Kuhn and and Kevin Nolan even feels this way. I think who just feel everybody is their own best inker and that's it. And I don't agree with that. I don't think Gil Kane is his no. own best inker. Yeah, no, John Byrne definitely is. <laughs> right. I just won't go that far. I understand there's some artistic integrity in inking your own stuff, but some guys get lazy and don't mm-hmm. yeah. put the effort in. Yep. They, I, they feel like, I think they feel like once they pencil it, well, I've done this, now I can crap out the inks and it's going to be fine. <laughs> Yeah, and it doesn't. It just doesn't always work that way. We, we talk. We talk about. It, I think every time the subject comes up, Christian Alame just. Yeah. But he he made me understand. He said that 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 you know Christian's a great artist in his own in his own. Um, oh yeah. Regard. He can, yeah. Yeah. And and Doug, Doug Mankey is a fantastic artist, and Christian. You know, he said, but whenever I ink Doug, there becomes a third person in the room and right. and that that made me really kind of understand the the penciler inker relationship is that right. it was a combination of two people and it created an art that neither one of them could have on their own right yeah exactly yeah and you it takes two talented people and it takes a synchronicity that sometimes takes a little time sometimes it happens right away but usually not um like Phil and I were so comfortable with each other, and Phil and I were incredibly lucky in that we were great friends. We made lines the same way with our. I mean, really, you watch our hands move, and we make the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's we had cool? the same kind of philosophy that that we're bold and not bogged down in mindless detail, you know. So that was an incredible synchronicity that I don't think I would ever have with anybody else, and you're really right. lucky when that happens. Yeah, I yeah, I know that you like you and Norton had talked about, you know, for the longest time for, you know, like you inking Mike. And I think mm-hmm. you guys even tried it one time and it was just like, you know, it was yeah, like it was like Trinity, two- right? Yeah, yeah, I did like four short thingies. Yeah. Right. So it was, yeah, it was basically like one issue or issue and a half. It something. was like the guy and the girl that are really good friends and they're like, you know, we should hook <laughs> up and then they have sex and it's like that was really terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it went okay. Every job it was weird cuz Mike Carlin would say, eh, it's a little heavy. And so I'd try a little lighter, and then it was too light, and I just never got really comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was weird. I think we were both happy, happiest with the first one before I got... Before you got what? The editor was being weird. Before the second guess, because the editor was being cryptic. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, and like I, that I never happened. was such a stylist that... I was willing to just ignore what the editor wanted and just apply the same finish over whoever I was thinking. I always wanted to be versatile and try to adapt myself to who I was working with. You know, Dick Giordano was my role model, a guy who could anybody. Yeah. And they would show through, but there was still a crispness that was unique to Dick that you would see as well. Cool. And uh, that's what I always wanted to be. So I didn't have this overwhelming style. I could just apply to anybody like 
Jerry Ordway does or Kevin Nolan does. Or, or Tom Palmer. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. That's, that, that is one of my, I, I, I used, I realized that, that Al Milgram is, I, I, I like his inks, but he pretty much showed you what, from what I could tell, what the pencil put on the page. Al pretty yeah. much made sure yeah. that you got to see that, but you have it when when I picked up the um, the, the art of comic book inking by by Martin and and he had examples of Steve Rude pencils inked mm-hmm. by Rudy Nebris or Scott Williams or himself and or Mark Farmer and you see what each anchor brings to the table and and how like Chris just mentioned right. it makes that third person and right. there are um. I I like being able like I I think as as much as Chris loves Terry Austin on John Byrne I think Carl <laughs> Kessel is the best John Byrne anchor and oh that's interesting and and it's and and I know it's it's either it, I'm in the minority or it's an unpopular opinion but I his 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 uh, his Superman work I thought was fantastic I love Mark Farmer on just about anybody and you can kind of tell. When Farmer inks somebody, you can definitely tell when, right. when Farmer's inking Davis over Paul Neary. But, right. uh, you know, it, it's you you do kind of have that chameleon effect because I, I look at you over Phil and I it, it took me a little while to realize that that was you over Mike on those Trinity backups. And, and right. I, I, I do appreciate that because then I'll go to Tom Palmer and I'll see that whether he's inking Neil Adams or John Bushima – you can still tell it's Tom Palmer inking the book. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there are certain things I bring to every job, but I always tried to to give what the penciler put in. I mean, I think if you look at me and can fill and me and Tony Moore, and I think I can both <laughs> those guys really well. Yeah. Yes. But I don't think you can look at that job and go see a lot of my personality. You know, there's like a crispness, I think, that I hope I bring and a little... Just a kind of a sharpness to the line because I tend to like stuff that's kind of angular and. I actually, uh, I've got again, one that of That goes your... back to Dick Giordano and Stan Drake and guys like that who I worship. Um, you inked you ink Tony on Exterminators, right? Yeah, I've got. I'm, I'm looking and at one. On, I'm, I'm what, looking at one. Two, of... two issues of Fear Agent. Oh, Fear. As well. Did you did, did you ink Chris Somney on Exterminators? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> no, I did not. No, okay. I don't think once and it was on a pinup. Does does Chris have anyone ink him? No, he's never had it. I think he's I'm never one had an anchor. No, and that's, wow. Okay, yeah. I th- and I think Chris still still has every oh, yeah, page no, of yeah. original every... art he's ever done. <laughs> yes, he yeah, does. He's kept all of Capote, he's kept everything as far as I know. Yeah, yeah he's he he owns it all. You can look that way. It's a great way to be because that stuff. Mm-hmm. It rarely loses value unless you're in some kind of weird bubble, you know, like in the 90s. It's yeah. not going to lose value, and that's a good thing to leave to your either your old age or your kids. It's it's a good thing to keep Something. if you can do it. Which is, you know, and, and we've maybe talked about it before, but um, Andy um, has a, a great original art um, collection. But yeah. you, um, you know, over the years I've, I've seen that, that you are really um, a big fan of strips. You know, you have yeah. a great, yeah. a great um, comic book. Uh, art collection, but 
but you're a big strip guy. What uh, um, what are you uh, what are you looking for these days, or found, or or what's the uh, what's the 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 strip grail for you? Yeah, <laughs> I haven't bought anything in a long while. Like you know, I I bought a lot of stuff when I was making good money in comics, inking Green Arrow, mm-hmm. or when I could trade pages for other guys' stuff, or when that pages was... weren't incredibly expensive. Yeah, right. Oh my god, I still have a couple like, oh my god, did I really not do that moments? Because <laughs> I could have bought Peanuts Daily for 500 in the 90s. Oh, you could have bought a what? A Peanuts Daily. Oh, really? And now I can't even look at one. Um, I Even before that, I had a chance to buy a Neil Adams Batman page for, hold on to your hats, for $75. Oh, Jesus. And I was did like, it have eh, Batman on it? Maybe next time, you know. Did it have Batman <laughs> on it? Yo, yeah, yeah. Are you shitting me? I, I'll show you the page sometime. I know exactly which one it was. Do you cry whenever you look at it? It's, yeah, it's hard. It, that, <laughs> see, I would, that, I, I would cry over. Well, see, I, I get in Vince's ass when I say this, but I, I think Andy's the only other person I know who actually ever mentions Neil redoing faces. On, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I that that's one thing that it's, it's same thing with Brian Boland and, and the Killing Joke when when I it bums me out to think that Neil needs to not only fix the work that was done back in the seventies but yeah. that that he thinks that it doing it now in this day improves it well, <laughs> improves it and it's just it's it it's like it it's crazy. That's nuts. What what what's uh. What have been some of your? I, I try not to talk about that much anymore because I kind of put a bad spot with Neil's. Because what? Did I lose you? No. Um, I was in a bad spot with Neil's kid. I was talking about oh. that stuff, and, and he, Neil, Josh, I think it was, reached out to me and like started to defend his dad. And then I, I oh, I didn't mean to get into that kind of thing. I, I just said, <laughs> look, Josh, in my personal opinion, your dad, who I still respect a lot used to be at a better comic book inker than he is now. And I wish he'd spend his time on new things and not revisiting old stuff. That's, yeah. And I just slept at that. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I, that, that's, that's how I would approach it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's probably a, a good, a, a good place to be. Um, it's, um, um, what, so what are, what are some of the pages that, uh, that, that you did get that you're just like, Oh, I'm so glad that I, that I grabbed that whenever I could. Cause I hear stories about, especially like the Chicago convention, you know, that we were talking about, you know, even before yeah. it was wizard that, I'm, you know, I've heard the, you know, the stories that like, you know, back in the eighties and the early nineties, you could, you could roll in there and pick up Kirby pages for like two, 300 bucks and, you know, like sure. good Kirby pages. I'm re- I'm really glad I picked up on Frank Robbins when I did. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, because his stuff, like, a lot of guys were buying him. This is about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Bruce Tim bought a ton of stuff. Um, Bill Ray bought a lot of stuff. And I got a whole week of stuff from the 70s, and I got a Sunday strip and a couple other things. Neat. He's so a I, real hero of mine. So, I, so I, out of all of the original comic book art out there, how much of it is owned by comic book creators? Quite a bit. Quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Especially... I mean, these rich bastards like Scott Williams is a big collector. Yeah. Oh, Eric, Lar- Eric Larson. Larson. He can trade Jim yeah. Lee cover, you know, and get a pick up a Neil Adams piece or something. It's not fair. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, I heard, I heard, you know, like Larson, I guess, owns like three Commandy issues or something. Yeah, right. You know, right. so it's like, oh, son and of a. And he did that without yeah. even 
I think he's parted with very little Savage Dragon stuff, so he did that just trading out like his Marvel jobs or just laying out cash even. Yeah, sure, sure, you do that. That's uh, Yeah, it's great. You know, I, I, I came to a realization. It's like I've found, you know, I have the pages that I want because they're all from people that, that I really like their work or it's, you know, some some work it's like old like alien legion pages are important yeah. to me and those aren't you know those aren't blockbusters on the on the uh, uh oa circuit but you know i got my john byrne page and you know a, a couple things here and there but that is a rabbit hole that i am not going to burrow much farther down into because right. i mean you can lose yourself in it yeah and it's like yeah. oh you know i just need that kirby ff page you know, good yeah. luck. Yeah, good luck with that. So, um, I so tell I, mm-hmm. you, Dave, I really appreciate this, even though it's not inked. But the, there are a couple of things that hang in my studio that really delight me every day. Um, do you know Neil Adams' Tarzan cover paperback cover? I've seen it. Yeah. Dope. Did we lose him again? Yeah. Wait, I'm here. Okay. Are you back? Yes. How much of that did you hear? Start over. Okay, David, I have a couple things in my studio that you might enjoy, even though they're not inked. Do you know Neil Adams' um, Tarzan paperback covers at all? Yes. I own two pencil roughs for the same one. (laughs) Really? So it's so cool. It's It's different stages of the same painting. Two super tight pencil drawings where he changed elements. He rotated Tarzan around and changed stuff. And they're just drawn on a crappy typing paper. You know, one of them has a logo, like a letterhead on it. Obviously, just something he grabbed while he was talking on the phone and started sketching. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, man. And I think I don't think anybody ever used a pencil like Neil when he was really in his prime. So those things really delight me. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. That is yeah, it's 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 fun seeing some of the some of the the things that you've been able to acquire over the years. It's and it's also neat because I know that you look at it with an artist eye. You know, you're looking at it from an inker. You're really studying lines, and you yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. you experience it on a different level than someone who just has something thrown into a an art portfolio and says, "Oh yeah, I got you know a page by so and so." I you right. really you really study those things, and you know it's it just you know hearing you talk about you know different different strip art is you know the, yeah the, you know the kniffs and you know sickles and, and those guys it's uh you know a, yeah. a, a big a big thrill so and i tell you the guy i really value who is not very appreciated is win mortimer we've talked about him before oh. but that's a guy who did a lot of middling comic book work but his strip stuff was incredible i i got to show his stuff my originals that i own to chicken a couple years ago and chicken was like wow this guy's unbelievable i had no idea and he's really a gem, and I got a couple of things that he's really cheap and really cool. I blogged about him and said how much I appreciated him, and his widow ended up calling me, and we had a really nice chat about Wynn and what a nice man he was. It was really cool. Oh, how cool. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that was such a shocking phone call. I pick up the phone, and she says, and now I forgot your name, but whatever it was. She said, I'm Wynn Mortimer's uh, wife, and I was like, oh, my God. And she said, well. I just read, somebody forwarded me, and you said such nice things about Winslow, and I thought you'd want to talk about him. You would have liked him. He was a nice man. It was, it was amazing. That's cool. Well, one of your, and this 
kind of you know goes back to where we started um you know Capote in Kansas and in Kansas City you spent time with the photographer that that took pictures of the the two murderers from from In Cold Blood right No you're mixing up my graphic novels Oh <laughs> I spent time I'm with the guy who photographed Adam Ricchetti, who was put to death for the Union Station killing. Oh, okay, okay, yep. So he shot a photo of Adam Ricchetti on death row in 36, and that's what hangs in my studio. I got to know Jack Wally really well. Okay, that's uh, what he, it is. He gifted me one of the original prints that he made back in 36. And it's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a beautiful am- photograph. Yeah, oh. it was really cool. Yeah, it is. It is totally, totally awesome. So, uh, before... and that's another guy I met just because I praised his work in the back of my book, and somebody showed it to him, and he was glad to have his work remembered. So he reached out and got to know him a little bit. That's, yeah, that's I, awesome. I, I just I can't. Um, I don't care if 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 I'm mocked or I. <laughs> I love when I grew up reading comics and the fact that I, I don't want to let the uh, – I, I want to make sure credit is given. And, and if I – Chris right. can laugh and if, if I'm the one dude who's going to you know remember that you know Steve Leolowa inked Al Milgram <laughs> on Secret Wars 2, then you know you then at least – You then, are. Then, then, Except for those two guys, you are. So, you know, Maybe it's, the editor. it's you know, it, it, I, I can't – you know, no history needs to be. You know, it, it needs to be there, and and I can't. You know, so for you to mention yeah. what what prompted you to to remember that or, or write that or, or what caused you, why you remembered that picture or giving them credit. That's I, I think that's almost as important as as what's on the page that the person's reading at the time. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. That's cool. All right. Well, sir, before we let you go, um, what are you working on? How can we keep up with, with everything, Andy Parks and uh, and all that good stuff? Um, you can follow. I'm on the Twitter and the Facebook and all that. The things I have coming out every month, Lone Ranger continues. Um, I wrote a shadow annual, which I think is about to be solicited. I'm really proud of it, and I'm, the art is freaking phenomenal. So nice. I think that's going to be a great package, so I hope people will look for that. And then the Capote reprint is still on store shelves, I hope, so I hope people look for that. Yep, go out, get uh, get Union Station, get Capote in Kansas, beautiful new hardcover. Um, for the Lone Ranger stuff, uh, that uh, the trade paperbacks, what volume starts your run with it? Is it volume four? Um, volume? Oh, boy. It's, an, it's called Hard Country, and I don't remember what arc they're, like, if it's number five of I think the volumes. I think it's four, but you're right, it's, it's Hard Country. Okay, yeah. And it's fantastic. It's some of the best stuff that I think you've written. Great. Thanks so much. It's really good stuff. So, Andy, um, thank you so much for, for dropping in. Go uh, go have a, a frosty libation and get back to your peeps. <laughs> All right. It was fun, guys. All right. Talk Thanks, to you later, Andy. brother. Have a Love good night, boy. Love you, All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Big thanks to our buddy Andy Parks, uh, one of my, not just one of my favorite people in comics, just one of my favorite people. 
period. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I always, I have to, um, even if it's the last day at the con, I have to make my way and at least say hi. And, and generally, right. uh, more often than not, uh, share a shot. So it's, <laughs> more it's, often uh, than not. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it is. I, I, I kind of. I'm a little bummed when I when I walk around a convention and I don't see him there or or him and Phil mm-hmm. there. And and uh, but no, it is it is nice. And most most shows that I've been to, he has also been a uh, been an attendee in, in Artist Alley. So it's yep. it's always good to see him. His his um, his historical um, knowledge of the comics medium and his love of the medium is way up there and he's he's been in the industry for a long time he was you know a fan obviously beforehand um he's he he loves it he's a great uh uh purveyor of art you know he knows what he's talking about i think one of the you know one of the really good guys in comics so uh, so if you haven't if you haven't explored andy's work uh, the stuff that he's written, uh, his work with Phil Hester, he's inked a lot of other people. Uh, check out his Uncle Slam stuff. Uh, he's uh, he's a diehard Democrat, which I you know I, I, I love about him. <laughs> and he's a caring uh, you know husband and father and all that good stuff. But just a, just a great guy. Um, what's up? Let's uh, hit up a couple other EOC live tweets. Here's one, and kind of talking about you know our history with Andy and uh, and you know, the history with uh, Wizard World Chicago. I thought this was kind of a uh, an interesting question. It's from Vernson, and I'll put you on the on the spot, David. Uh, uh, combined, how many podcasts have uh, have you both, Chris and David, hosted and or have been uh, uh, a guest on? Oh, see, I I used to have a running counter. I did, yeah. I had I, I had funny. it all tallied up, and it was I mean it was um it was the guest appearances on Eleven O'clock Comics, at least two. Uh, there were guest spots on Bruce Rosenberger's Comics Cast. Uh, there were a couple of um, call-ins to Derek Howard's shows. I was on a couple of episodes, uh, the live-ins and the um mm-hmm. the 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 year. Uh, looking ahead on Comic Geek Speak, but um, between appearances on Bullpen Bulletins and Marvel Noise and Eleven O'clock Comics, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, how many did we do of around comics? Was what it had to be? It had to be close to three hundred episodes, I imagine. Wasn't really wow. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. I mean, it, it went on for a while, but when you put an actual number to it, it's yeah. like that, that, that sounds like a lot. It was, a, it was at least, well, we were twice a week for a while. That's um, true. So we, we were 275 plus probably 20 or 25, you know, special episodes. So 300 there, 275-ish here, you, you know, you know, plus or minus, cause I, you know, I took a month or two off. Um, so what, that's three, four, five, 75 plus probably, it's got to be twenty or thirty guest spots here, there, or everywhere. So, got it's somewhere in the six hundreds, which is it's kind of hilarious. But you're you know we're talking like two thousand five. So I mean we're coming we're <laughs> yeah coming, we're coming up in like nine years. So yeah, I've done like six hundred podcasts in nine years, and so that's it, maybe three or four good ones. <laughs> years or podcasts? Podcast. <laughs> I've got a really, really low yeah, strikeout to walk ratio there. 
Yeah, that is yeah, not it, good. Yeah, there, there's a couple. There's there's a couple. I, I think back and say, you know what? Yeah, that one was almost broadcast quality. We we got we got close with that one. Or oh, well, I, that, I that was love really the good. the the um the look back at uh, at at Frank Miller. Yep, that's and, one of my favorites. And I was and I was part of that. I got the call in for that. Mm-hmm. And and there were um, no, I mean there have been and and I mean in your. I mean, just even if you think you weren't um, firing on all cylinders, at least you got to talk to John Byrne. Yeah, twice. So I mean, you know, it's it's there are there are definitely. I mean, well, yeah, I'll, I got to talk I'll, to some of my heroes. Yeah, right. I mean, I'll I'll never get to talk to Gil Kane, but it's it's one of those yeah. things. But I, well, I'd be tongue tied anyway. So it, it's funny because you were you were called the man of a thousand podcasts for a while. You, know, you had you had you know comic timing and, I, and, I, and com- that's right. Yes, noise. Yeah. And I mean, you've you have you have done the solo host chair several times, and that is uh, that's not easy doing the doing the solo bit. Oh, I did it I did it with the AC the magazine format for a while, and that was no that was no easy thing. So. You you have to try and not be entertaining and entertaining at the same time. Not yeah. not easy. You're right. Yeah. All right. So so good question. So a, a lot. It's well over a thousand with us combined. <laughs> yeah, well right. over a thousand with us combined. Um, we'll start at the top here. Um, I like John Bourne's question, but I I don't know. What is I, he, uh, the St. Louis Cards and New York Mets rivalry during the '80s. Discuss. See, uh, Mets me, or Ponscom? Uh, huh? Mets or Ponscom? Oh stop! They would have. They had T-shirts in St. Louis printed up that said Mets or Ponscom. Glad I never visited St. Louis. Well, you would have come <laughs> as a Met fan. Would have you not had a pleasant experience? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. moving on. Uh, let me see here. Um, there was there was an interesting question about have has a creator, one of your favorite creators, ever taken a job? that has disappointed you and i will find who asked it but i thought that was a a really a really interesting question um and it's um the example was for for him or her um um john romita jr and thomas rodriguez yeah that's and and it was uh so i I think the subject matter of kick-ass um disappoints him because um, J.R.J.R. is one of his favorite artists. So, right. is there has there been an artist that has that has taken a job that has done a job where you're like, oh man, why you got why you gotta be doing that? <laughs> Probably for? Frank Miller. Um, what uh, the 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 holy, the holy ter- terror, holy terror the, Batman? Uh, the, yeah, well, uh, well, I won't even say All Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder, but it, it's uh, yeah, and 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 the um, and his version of of the spirit in movie form. There's uh, I don't know if there's um, if there really has been. I mean, I'm looking around right now to see if anything jumps out at me, and there isn't. Um, yeah, where you're, where you're like offended that some. You know, I, I know that there are some people out there, Joey, that would say you know any of the people that that, that jumped on before Watchmen that, that jumped onto before Watchmen yeah. that that is kind of blasphemous. But um, you know, I, I'll let my my opinions about that be known. Um, you know, good for them. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know if there's anything where I'm just like, you know, offended. Like offended. You know? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's something out there if I could, you know, dig, you know, deep in it. I mean, there are there are creators that offend me. You know, it's you know Orson Scott oh, Card 
is is the <laughs> is the creator de jour of of you know dick holishness but um you know yeah i can't think of um really anybody who i mean or, or Micah Wright would probably offend people claiming to be a uh an army ranger and everything else but oh. <laughs> uh, you know i mean yeah they're just um oh Here's a good one from uh, from Zach Crusey. Uh It's directed at me. It says Jeff Tweedy or Jay Farr, and um, um, I'm now Tweedy. For a long time, it was it was Far, but uh, I love them both. It, it, Jay needs to Jay needs to plug in again. Those are the those are the two founding members of Uncle Tupelo who split up, and one formed Wilco, and the other one formed That's... Sunbolt. Okay, yeah, because Tweedy does sound familiar to me. Yeah, so. Jeff Tweedy is the the weed man for Wilco, but both of them need to need to man up and and put out a good record because the last last Damn. several have been have been kind of. St- I think they're I think they're done, Zach. I think their best work is behind them. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, this one is probably more for you because I'm not a bargain bin guy. From uh, Android <laughs> Shaw, um, favorite find in a bargain bin? Oh man. Uh... Probably some. Uh, actually, no. There's there was. Um, well, Vince was with me during uh, one of the early New York Comic Cons, and I picked up a bunch of uh, Daredevils from from uh, the eighties and nineties with the the um, the innocent, the uh, Jr. Junior. and and Al Williams and stuff. Nice. Um, there was uh, there was some old. Grendel um, issues from Komiko and uh, it oh actually no this is what Vince would love um, I picked up the first six issues or the only six issues uh, for probably a buck a piece of Desolation Jones by Warren Ellis and nice. J.H. Williams yeah that way I was actually from the DCBS booth at yeah. was Chicago 2006 that's a great series I love that series I would uh, love to see more of that series yeah, well, you know, so yeah. no, there. But none, none of the, you know, like, uh, you know, X Men number four for no, like three dollars, Miss Mark, or anything like that. Probably, um, I think I've I've gotten good. I've never had to haggle. I never. It, I found it in in the back issue bins, but uh, old um, O'Neill and Adams Green Lantern Green Arrow. Oh, yeah. Nice, but nice. yeah, yeah, you just don't find deals anymore. Um, here's one, um, and that I'm definitely going to read because vince is not here um <laughs> it is from the new boy wonder and uh it says who deserves more recognition stan lee or jack kirby and why also why does stan get most of the credit so that's a that's kind of a very veiled question of someone who obviously thinks that that jack should should get more of the credit <laughs> um i think that they probably get their their level of credit is probably exactly where it belongs. Kirby, there's no secret that Kirby is revered, that people love Kirby, that Kirby gets a lot of recognition for being the creator that he was. It's no secret that that a lot of people love Stan, but it's also no secret that a lot of people think that Stan was overrated. And I think that the hate has gone too far. 
if that makes any sense. Well, to me it does, yeah. Yeah, I I think a lot of people um, look at Stan as being very manipulative and, you know, being the, the, you know, kind of the snake oil salesman kind kind of guy. You know what? You want to come down to it? Stan was the guy. Stan was there for all of it. Stan was there with Ditko. He was there with Kirby. He was there with Buscema. He was there with Colin. He was the, you know go down the line of all of the great Marvel artists and, and, and quote-unquote co-creators, they were all co-creators with Stan. Stan was the centerpiece of the, the genesis of the Marvel Universe. He was the guy that kept it together. You know, I'll never forget. I talked to Gene Colan about Stan Lee one time, and it was awesome. And Colin loved Stan because of his energy, because he was he was the team leader. He was the guy that had this childlike love of of entertainment and these great characters. So I think the hate for Stan Lee goes a little too far by by a lot of people. So I think that honestly, they're probably credited at, as well as they should be. I think what what happens is instead of just praising Jack Kirby, people feel the need. Some people feel the need to not to to while praising Kirby, that they need to make sure they you know they're praising Kirby by also knocking Stanley as if that's going to. It's it's like it's like the kid pushing over the other kid to let you know how tough he is. It's like, listen, just just let me know how much you love Kirby. You can leave Stan alone. You don't have to knock Stan exactly. to praise your guy. And I do see that you a can, lot you of... You can like Lennon and McCartney. You don't have to tear down Paul McCartney to like Lennon more. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. just if... And I do see, you know, as, as, as I look on Tumblr and Twitter and everywhere else, and when it comes to people who feel that Jack could should get more credit, it it is pretty how, much almost always artists who yeah, and, say and, that. and honestly how can you give him more credit i it, it, has kirby not been credited enough at this point it's at this point i think they're just people are shouting it as if that's going to make him better off financially and that's not he's going dead. to help anybody exactly he's dead. exactly he's you dead. can shout it as much and as loud as you want it's not going we we Here's a clue for everyone. If you're an artist or an aspiring artist, you are not going to be appreciated. I'm an art director. I deal with it every day at work. Get fucking over it. No one cares about you. It's your lot in life. I'm sorry. Accept it. If you want to be an artist and get and, and get praised upon and recognized for your work, I'm sorry. You're going to be fucking disappointed unless you're like one of the one-tenth of one percent of us. Okay? There's like Mike Mignola out there and Paul Pope and everybody else sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Get over it. Um, and that's where a lot of it comes from. It's like, Kirby deserves to be more appreciated because I love myself. They're, um, they're, they're reprinting his work. Final Crisis used a shit ton of his characters. Sure. Grant Morrison has used a shit ton of his characters. He's revered. It's, He's revered. He's yeah. loved. Blah, blah, blah. Kirby is not going to be forgotten. Yeah. Um, any comics or – this is from uh, Kay Schaefer. Uh, any comics or books you've always wanted to read but never have? Uh, yeah. Thousands. Yeah. Uh, shit. Um, I have bookshelves full of books that 
I want to, I've, I've read a lot of, you know, we're talking about Lee and Kirby. I've read a lot of the early, early Fantastic Four. I've never sat down and read like the first 100 issues of Fantastic Four. Oh, okay. All right. In my retirement years, maybe I'm going to sit down and, and do that or read all of Tomb of Dracula, you know, or read, you know, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a ton of shit. There are honest. There are still Hellboy stories that I probably. Hell, I mean, we read. we we talk about stuff and give each other ideas every week. That sure. I mean, you you mentioned Gajiro. I still haven't read that. You know, I mean, so it's not even old stuff. It's also stuff that was made in the past year or two. Yeah, no, it's it's never, and I'm never going to catch up. It doesn't matter, and and I love that. I, I love that. There's always going to be, you know, I I wanted 2013 to just be reading new to me work things that i I didn't want to reread anything this year and there's still i got i got tale of sand next to me here i have you know i I have have just just look look at that there's there's no words in that you can you can read tale of sand in 10 minutes um you can look at it for hours though (laughs) but it's just it's yeah i mean there's it, it, there's a ton of stuff. I mean, there's there's the. Um, I still have to read all the commandy stuff. You know, I'm still. I, I want to read the R and Quench by yeah. by Morin Davis. Mm-hmm. I want to read, you know, old. I, there's just there's so much that yeah. No, it, I still it, haven't read all of Tom Strong. I haven't read all of uh, the the Roy Thomas Neil Adams Tom Palmer X Men issues. Oh really? Yeah. Oh shit, dude. Yeah. So you know, yeah, I, I dude, I I still haven't read Authority. Ooh, you, oh, oh, now see, that's the question is, you, well, you need to read, you need to read the first 24 issues of, of wait, or is that the first 12? It's, how many did, how many did, you Warren were, Ellis, you were threatening me with 12. What did, first, read the first 12. Warren Ellis did, did Warren Ellis do 12 or 24? Did he do 12 and then Miller came on, or? Yeah, it was, it was, it was Warren Ellis and, God, who did? Who was the artist? What? Yeah, it was Brian Hitch. It was Hitch. It was it was it was Warren Ellis and Hitch, and then it was Miller and Quietly. And the Miller Quietly stuff. I mean, the the Ellis and and Hitch stuff is great. It is it is of that era, and it is so it is so awesome. It is so Warren Ellis in his prime, and it's just it's hardcore. It's it's fucking brilliant it's smart it's got great attitude to it and then and then miller comes in with quietly and so it's you know here's the young guns and they're gonna ratchet it up and it's gonna get even more dirty and and more awesome and just some crazy whacked out shit and quietly was so fucking awesome on it yeah they're both they're both really good really good yeah those first those first 12 issues of the authority are pretty outstanding okay you 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 sound less than less no 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 no. you you um i mean because i i the first time i mentioned that to you did you like planetary love planetary if you like if you if you love planetary you will really like warren ellis's authority um the miller stuff is a little bit bit is the miller stuff just things that i've read later on from him uh, no, I mean it's 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 really good. Um, it builds on the it builds on the the Warren Ellis stuff. Okay. Um, I mean it's it's you know you can see the early beginnings of Miller and and his shock value 
what what he really kind of became known for still does to this day um it's there i mean there's some wild wild stuff wild wild stuff but uh no all in all very good i i love it the 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 miller quietly stuff is amazing okay yeah see now that's something because it's because he followed ellis i i wouldn't get to that point in the authority and go oh it's the miller stuff it's you know i mean i'm i'm it's it's no, been it's, years and 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 you know he's written Civil War and he's written however many issues of Kick uh, Ass and and I mean and there's and, and he wrote you know the the Agent of Shield and and the Ultimates and, are still some of my favorite comics of all time. Yeah, and he did write the Ultimates, and even at that point, some of Ultimates. that stuff was a little to me. It was a little over the top. Is oh well, yeah, it was totally that, over the top. No, yeah, but that, I mean, that, was, that was his thing. Yeah, know? and and there's only like I I guess I just like certain things in my media and and um it's you know but it's it's the ultimates and it was i i enjoyed a lot more than i disliked with it you know and i i, I do i definitely credit miller with the stuff i did enjoy so you know i'm, I'm not i'm not saying oh you know it was pretty because at times it really wasn't i i thought that that hitch and neary have done better work in the past but um ultimates is still you know when you think about what are some What are some of the stories that you know people need to read? I yeah, I, I would I would put Ultimate somewhere on that oh, list. Yeah, Ultimates is fantastic. It's Ultimates and Ultimates too. You know, say what you will about Miller, he's a closer. He is. You yeah, know, it's it's one of the things I I give Bendis crap for is that I never feel like I've I've read the last page of a Bendis comic because it doesn't exist. Miller, man, he slams the fucking door shut on stories, and I, I like that about. It. Now, you know the the meat getting there, you know, may not be exactly, you <laughs> yeah, know, exactly what you're scenic route. And, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, he he puts a he puts a period on it, which is nice. That's true, he does. He does. But speaking of uh, of putting a period on it, <laughs> we, should probably, uh, we should probably holy segue. Uh, I know it's a Vince segue. Uh, real quick, uh, this episode, uh, as all episodes of Eleven O'clock Comics, brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. That's DCBService.com. Go check them out for great discounted comics. Uh, one more EOC live tweet. Andy Tom asks, "When am I going to do Ruckacon? Never." <laughs> <laughs> where i love i love greg but even greg would would see the the folly in a, a convention dedicated to him it would be a you know a, a convention of two you know i'd go out and have dinner with him and you know that would you know record it and we'd call it Ruckacon, you know and that's even a little creepy um so uh discount comic service go check them out they're great uh in your travels uh mr price Oh man, I, you know what? I have a couple things. Mm-hmm. Um, although maybe next week we'll wait for the guys to come back, and you and I can talk about Satan's Soldiers. Cause yes. I want to thank Mr. Tom Scholey. For I wanted. It. I wanted to honestly. I wanted to save it for when Vince is here. That's fine. Uh, he, Tom, sent me a DM saying that um, you know, and and yes, the, the paper ban hasn't been lifted, but but Tom sent me a DM saying that that these are two issues that that you that you need you to own hide, and, and hide he, them. They're he pink. wasn't. She'll, know, he, she'll never know what they are. He wasn't. He wasn't lying. I am so glad to have these, and and I thank him for that. So we will we we will discuss that. But um, in your travels, I want to let people know to uh, to stop by and visit the uh, the little website uh, strips4.com. and uh, and actually and and this is something that Vince 
and I were supposed to discuss ages ago. Uh, and for that, I apologize to um, to Timothy O'Brien. But I want to thank the O'Brien brothers and and for for Timothy for sending me, um, me Prince too. Ambien. Me uh, and and that was I, I thought that was a fantastic story, and I want to discuss that in, in, in greater detail. Uh, but this weekend, um, I received awful lot by brother john and it is it's fantastic you could also read it online strips4.com i mean all their sites all all their strips are available on the site but this is a a nice hefty little trade um i I feel bad for awful i'm i'm enjoying and i was like hooked pretty much immediately as i'm flipping through the book and i start reading it and i can't you know i'm glad we started a little later tonight because mm-hmm. I was able to read a little bit more and, and it's just, you know, I I think Awful is a great character. He's a possum, even though people tend to look at him and think he's a mouse. And there is a fantastic little um, Bob Gar quote, slurmo uh, pinup in the back of the book. And, and it is just, it's it, the, the O'Briens are just talented people. It's like, um, yeah, I think about some of the the talented brothers in in comics, of course, you think about the uh, the Bashimas, but I I love how they both that that Tim and John both have um, different styles and and the stories that they're telling. I am really happy that we have a forum where they decided to uh, to to frequent and and post their art and let people know what they're working on because I don't know if if I be aware of it otherwise and and i am i'm quite quite happy to have a community where where they they're comfortable with posting their stuff and 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 links to it and and it's available and and you should really check it out i mean we we tend to talk about web comics from time to time and, and things that you should be checking out and seriously strips four is is a site that you should be you should have bookmarked i mean there's just a ton of stuff there but um aside from those quote thank yous built in 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 the form of an in your travels i'm gonna go ahead and um and and this is for jason this is for the uh the 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 marine biologist who is a hedge fund manager uh i read the third issue of the wake and uh and it is it's you know some bitch man snyder and murphy know how to do a cliffhanger because i got to the end of the third issue and i was just like i'm like i Where's more? the fourth issue? Yeah, it, it pissed me <laughs> off, and it's it in this day and age of where I'm I'm reading collections or I'm I let issues pile up and I can read three, four, five at a chunk, and I'm not I'm not used to cliffhangers because I'm reading whole arcs, and I read a book that's being published monthly, and and I'm reading it as it's coming out. It's like I get to that last page, and I'm like, some bitch. I I just I. Yeah, it it's I like it. And and you know what? Whether it's ADD or or just because I have so much else going on, I a little, there are times where I have to kind of remember what happened in the previous issue and mm-hmm. maybe it's age, I don't know. I just <laughs> yeah, I just need to you know have the ginkgo below but I'll but I it's a small price to pay and 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 you know, I thought the third issue continued to build on what they were laying out in the first two issues of the wake and, and, and these characters are still being flushed out. And I'm, you know, I, I, 
these people are underwater uh, in in a lab and and there's just there's yeah. so much going on and it's a gorgeous looking book because it's well, I, I was I was thinking about that and uh, reading Punk Rock Jesus which I I loved and I see it for the personal work that it is um, love Sean Murphy really enjoyed that book working with a writer like Scott Snyder really brings him into focus it's I'd agree with that it's not that I not that I don't enjoy his writing or his I think he's a great idea guy but you know professional writers they're they're writers for a reason and that's that's what they do but not every and 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 not every writer artist works well together these two seem to i really haven't and i didn't i didn't read the uh, the american vampire mini they did together i haven't read that yet so yeah i mean i'm I'm still reading american vampires but i need to read was the survival of the fittest yep okay so i still need to read that but it's fantastic well the thing is that 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 ties in to to some later stories so okay it's it acts you know it it was an extra along the main storyline but there's stuff that happens in that that feeds into the into the later stories okay. which is actually my in your travels oh well then go for it um the fifth volume of um american vampire just came out in hardcover and i i love that book they pissed me off though because they changed from a really nice beautiful uh, matte dust jacket to a super glossy dust jacket so it's like they're changing trade dress in Aww. midstream pisses me off but but other than that it looks awesome it's a uh, uh yeah american vampire still is a book that i look forward to when it comes out in hardcover i know that they're on hiatus so hopefully they're they're bringing it back so you know like that and lock and key are, are two that that i just I love the bar of high quality that they set and, and I look forward to it anytime I read it because I know that I'm not, you know, picking through poop for peanuts. You know, <laughs> I know, I know that it's like going to a really good restaurant. You know, there are some restaurants that you go to that a friend's like, Hey, go check out this restaurant. They have really good blah, blah, blah. And you go there and you're like, oh, okay, well, we'll see how this is. Nah, this is like a favorite restaurant that you go to and you know that every meal that you get there is going to be great. That's what Aww. American Vampire and Lock and Key are for me. They're, they're go-to slam dunk you know, known quantities continue to be. So read American Vampire. It's good. It is good. Yeah. Well, buddy, I always, you know, I always kind of, in, we should, we should make a point of like once a year doing a, a Chris and David episode. I like it. it I like it. It seems to kind of work out that way. This has got to be what, the third, <laughs> the third, the third time that we've done this? Third or fourth time? At least the third, yeah. I enjoy it. And I'm, beforehand, I'm like, gosh, you know, I haven't read that many comics. What are David and I going to talk about? And here it is. This is probably the longest I've been on an episode in years. <laughs> You're just a chatty Kathy. I am. Whenever the other two assholes are gone. <laughs> oh shit! Well, we know only we know only Jason's going to hear that. Exactly. So that's, yeah. Vince be like, "What did he put music in between segments again?" <laughs> Asshole. Oh shit! I miss. Him. I love you all. Oh uh, yeah, that's it's good. Um, so yeah, um, we'll uh, we'll be back uh, next week, full strength, right? We should be, yeah. The, I, would, I would hope so. That's yeah. the word. That's I'm, We're going to start docking Vince's pay. Well, I, it depends. See, it depends on what we get out of it. 
I mean, you know, if, if everything works out well for him, then then no, that that that's fine. You oh, know, you're I'm, oh you're talking. Oh, oh, you mean we're gonna get a little kickback? That's what I'm hoping. You know, oh, or I'm good you know, with a kickback. That's yeah, good. that's cool. Original art, you know, no big. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I, David, out of the you know the one thousand plus combined podcast episodes, God, that's terrible. <laughs> uh, it's really sad. Um, so we've made how many tens of not thousands of dollars? <laughs> We, I, I still live in the same house that we moved into <laughs> in 2005, and I'm still driving the same car that I bought when we moved up here. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I've gotten back to zero off that. Or, you know, the initial audio equipment purchases. <laughs> but it's been worth it though. Oh, it's yes. Yeah. Yep. For the love of of the hobby. Yeah, wouldn't have done it any other way. All right. Well, yeah, maybe I would have. You know, <laughs> done a few. There, I, yeah, maybe yeah, a couple things a couple I would have. Yeah, wouldn't uh-huh. have had that that right. the extra beer, you know, a few times. Uh, so anyway, uh, everyone have a, a wonderful uh, rest of your week. Hope you were uh, at least entertained, or maybe we got someone. Happy belated uh, birthday, Spence. Yeah, happy. Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. That was um, oh, see, that was the other thing. Wizard World Chicago, mm-hmm. two thousand six. You and Sal ran around the convention well, and got yeah. the program signed for him for his birthday. Oh, that's. And right. he got to talk to John Romita Jr. Oh my gosh, that's right. We did the little the little interview, and um, if you remember, what what did he say that he had just and they hadn't even announced it had just worked out a deal to uh, to work on on a new creator owned comic. That was kick ass. He said that yep, he and he and little Marky Miller had plans to uh, work on a new comic called Kick Ass, and I was like, that's a fucking stupid title. <laughs> Oh, it was fitting. Yeah, the, I didn't, uh, didn't uh, say it out loud. <laughs> I think he had just cut his mullet, too. Uh, well, it was due time. Yeah, it was. It was past, and we it was had, past and, time. And I had a cement mixer at the bar with Paul fucking Jenkins. Oh, Thanks. God. God, Paul Jenkins. Yeah. Yeah. Now, boom. <laughs> boom, exclusive artist. Or exclusive writer. Good for him. <laughs> he, and, he, and, he and Perez. Maybe he and Perez will work together. Oh, That'd be neat. I'd love it. All right, buddy. Have a good week, man. Have a good weekend. I will talk to you soon. All right. Go, uh, oh, uh, uh, folks, go, uh, talk about how you were entertained or not entertained at the forums, which are where? Forums.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. All right. David will post that one. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. All right.